You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hell, I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. My name is Dean Unglert, and I am joined in studio by the dashing Jared Habon. Dashing, huh? Thank you for that intro. It's the first adjective that came to my mind. Next week, I'll give you something else. Probably like asshole or something. Yeah. Something like that. Perhaps. I appreciate that. Great episode for you guys today. We have one of my personal favorites. Have you ever met this person? Uh, Danielle? Malt- well, I was going to tease it a little bit. Oh, sorry. Remember? I just really <laughs> spoiled out. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, guys. Have you ever met this person that we're going to have on our podcast? Uh, I actually do not think I have, which is quite funny. She's, she's been on Bachelor. figure. Wow. She was on a, one of our Dear Friends season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah, so we have a guest coming on. She was on my season of Bachelor in Paradise season four. Our, mm-hmm. uh, as Jared said, our good friend Nick Vial season. She's a nurse in Nashville. One of my favorite people from this show as Tanya walks into the studio. Hey, Tanya. Um, one of my favorite people from this show, Danielle Maltby, who she's a nurse practitioner in Nashville. So... We're going to have an STD-centric uh, episode today talking about the stigmas attached to them, what you should know if you have one, what you should know if you're dating, what you should know if you're thinking about being sexually active, all mm-hmm. of the above. Yeah, I, I think it's a health and awareness podcast. It's okay. Tanya, do you want to tune in? And Yeah, and- Tanya, you want to say hi? Tanya just walked in. She's getting her pink thermos, her computer, her backpack. <laughs> Is this on? Yeah, it's, Yo, on. it's on. We hear I'm you. I'm so sorry. Why? I needed to- I'm so sorry. No, do you want to join us for the SDD, yeah. do you have any STD STD conversation? Um, I actually, I used to have HPV. Really? Mm-hmm. I think you've, you've been pretty open about that on I your I have because guys. I think it makes people feel like I got it after I had sex with my first partner. Right. So it was very traumatic for me and I really had like a hard time dealing with it. And so I, that's why I'm open about it now because I think it helps a lot of people. At the time, like I didn't know anybody that had it. So I literally thought it was like gonna die mm. yeah i agree i think it brings a lot of comfort to people to know that somebody in the spotlight also had it so they're not alone yeah it was scary but like yeah. honestly all i had to do was just like like that's kind of why i live my life the way that i do now like just very clean like i just had to eat really well exercise like they tell you not to like smoke and literally six months it was like gone mm-hmm. never been back knock on wood well yeah, knock on wood thanks for sharing that with us um for the listeners out there that want to get to know tanya a little bit better check yeah. out help uh scrubbing in <laughs> With Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to interrupt. It's no, okay. it's fantastic. We can okay. tell you're in a rush. So thank you for even just jumping Tanya, on the mic you're and saying hi to our listeners. Interrupt anytime. I love you. As I'm not in a rush, I just don't want to be in your way. So oh. I'm going to be right back there listening because I love listening to this podcast. Amazing. So. Thanks, Tom. You're away. We love you as always. Let's get to uh, to answering some questions. Danielle, are you there? I'm here. Oh my gosh. It is so, so great to hear your voice. How are you? I'm good. I've missed your voice too. It just puts a smile on my face, ear to ear, right now. Um, I can hear it. Thank you I so can much. Hear it. Thank you so much for calling in and talking about STDs with us. So I just gave a brief introduction. 
obviously of your time on The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, and you are a working nurse in Nashville. And so who better than to share the wealth of knowledge that you have (laughs) with our listeners? Because as we were talking about, obviously STDs, no one wants them, right? But a lot of people will get them and then they get fearful of the having them and then getting them again. And um, there's a a lot of misinformation out there about them, right? So yeah. But Danielle, before we jump into it, just to go ahead and like say hi to everyone, introduce yourself, all that. Hi guys, I'm Danielle. <laughs> That's a great intro. You got more than that. Come on. <laughs> what qualifies you to help us answer the questions on the podcast? Okay, so I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for about 12 years. I work primarily in the NICU, and I'm also starting my own podcast for women in medicine. So yeah. it's going to be like a total health-related thing. It's going to be awesome. That I'm is, very excited. That is very awesome. Congratulations. I haven't actually congratulated Thank you personally you. about that, but I'm super excited for it. have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to listen. I'm I'm really really excited for it. Um and def- Yay, let's thank you. let's plug that as many times as we possibly can on this episode. Uh when is that <laughs> When is that dropping? When is that going to come out? It's going to come out June 3rd. Okay. And it's called The Womed. And for you, women in medicine. Womed and you are co-hosting it with a friend of yours, another nurse? Yes, her name's also Danielle, and I met her um, in Peru. We did a medical trip together down there and worked in um, some orphanages, and it was a really beautiful experience, and she's an awesome human, and I'm just so grateful she's going to do it with me. That's amazing. This is, kind, this is kind of off topic to the podcast episode today, but when I was in Peru, I was told of this bug, and you probably heard about it too when you were down there working um, with, with the people down there, this, this bug that burrows into your skin and you can you can see it burrow and live inside your skin, but you can't uh, excavate it from your body until it feeds off of you enough to be big enough to like squeeze it out. Are you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Aren't those just like bot flies? Uh, I don't know, maybe, but it's kind of severe. I remember when I was doing the Inca Trail, I, I met up with a kid who had two of them burrow into his skin, and he was just telling me like. They would like all gather around and have like this ceremonial thing where they would squeeze it and then the bug would come out and they would catch it in like this uh, oh. this lid and they would like watch it. I don't know. Is this great? But I get, maybe it is that that fly thing. I don't know. Um, it sounds like a bot fly. It must be. And I'm just I'm I'm just being maybe over. I'm not up on all of my epidemiology for. <laughs> As you should, as you should, I don't think you should be. Um, Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna ask you some uh, STD related questions, and you're gonna help us answer. Is that okay? And they've actually they've changed it from STDs to STIs because, um, which is sexually transmitted infections, because um, it's a little less scary, I think, and like there are some that are treatable. Mm -hmm. Um, So. That's like just a common term. They're changing it to STS. So it's from but. disease to infection is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was just the classification of the the thing? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Just, yeah. Just the classification of it. It makes it a little less intimidating, I think. Like yeah. infections can usually be treated. Diseases are more of like a longer disease process. I'm actually really grateful you clarified that because last week Vanessa used the, fr- the, the acronym STI. And that was my first mm-hmm. time really ever hearing it um, in response in yeah. regards to one of her, not one of hers, but a story that she had heard. It just makes me think of um, um, Subaru, WRX-STI. I wanted one of those so bad when I was in high school. Um, oh. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> off topic. Do you, Jared, do you want to read, <laughs> read one of Vanessa's questions? Because So Vanessa obviously isn't on the podcast with us today, which is a shame because I know you and her are really good friends. But yes, I love her very much. Yes, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, but Jared, so you wrote some questions down. So Jared, you want to read one of them? Yeah. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Hi. I've never even like met you. What's up? (laughs) I know. I've never met you either. How's Nashville? I was just there. It's a beautiful city. Oh my God. It's so freaking hot right right now, but it's gorgeous. I love it down here. The South is great. (laughs) It's freezing in LA. It's like 51 degrees, which is freezing in Los Angeles. Oh my God. It's like 90. I'm jealous. Um, Danielle, you're also a a neonatal, is that how you pronounce it? A neonatal nurse. Um, and that works with infants, right? Yes. So I take care of babies that are born prematurely um, or that are born term but have any sort of like respiratory, cardiac, um, like chromosome anomalies. I take care of all of them. Wow. Uh, Well, that's incredible. Keep doing the incredible work that you're doing. But Vanessa did have some questions, as we all do, about STIs. Um, So as a woman, Danielle, Vanessa wanted to know, uh, when should a woman start seeing a gynecologist and having a pap test done? Can you also inform all our listeners what a pap test is? 
you should be having, um, like, you should start seeing a gynecologist. They usually say when you become sexually active. Um, but I think, I mean, that age is becoming so much younger. I think it would be good at least, like, by the time you hit 16 to go in and start having these tests. And during, like, a pap smear, they check um, your cervix for any sort of signs of infection or cancer. Um, and they do a lot of um, STI testing in that process. So it's just kind of looking at... Um, all the lady anatomy and making sure it's okay and free of like diseases, any sort of trauma. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so your, your advice is as soon as you start to even consider being sexually active. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's something I can get behind. Is there a male equivalent for a gynecologist? Actually, I'm not sure if there's a male equivalent to it, but um, men should also start I mean, as soon as they become sexually active or think about becoming sexually active, really need to start educating themselves on not only how to keep themselves safe, but their partners safe Agreed. as well. So I will say that the, the female reproductive organs seem to be a little bit more complicated than the man's. They are, yes. But um, I, think, I think, guys, you can usually just go in to your normal doctor um, and, like, during, like, your yearly physical or something like that, um, ask to have uh, specific testing done. Places like Planned Parenthood are really great. Um, if you have, if you even, like, think you have any symptoms, because a lot of STIs don't really present with a lot of symptoms or things that can kind of be overlooked. So, um yeah, but like places like Planned Parenthood or like your normal clinic and stuff like that offer really affordable testing for all STIs, treatment, and counseling on them as well. Well, depending on what state you're in, I guess, is really yeah. what that boils down to. Well, I think the equivalent for a guy of a gynecologist is just your typical your doctor's appointment, but they do the old cup and cough. You know, yeah. they, they, they haven't gotten one of those in a while. They cup and they make you cough, and apparently it tells them something. Um, so, Danielle, Vanessa also asked a question regarding HPV. She wants to know if you can explain what it is and how we can prevent it. And if someone got their Gardasil shot 10 years ago, show they got, what is this? It's, this is it's, no, the guard, the guard is, is, is there HPV? That's the HPV shot. But it's the, right. the guard. The shot what, has changed in the past 10 years is what she's saying. Yeah, what what like, Vanessa means by uh, Gardasil, that's like a Canadian version. I'm pretty, I looked it up and it, yeah. it's, it's the HPV. Yeah, so I got the Gardasil shot. Um, when I was like 20 or something too. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, Gardasil is the shot that helps prevent, uh, HPV, which, um, can cause cervical cancer, mm -hmm. but it can also, it's not just for women. Like, um, I believe some testing has changed. I do believe men can now get, um, the HPV vaccine as well, um, because HPV is, um, human papillomavirus is what's responsible for genital warts. Hmm. And while men can't get cervical cancer, they can also get things like anal cancer. And um, so by men getting the, like the Gardasil vaccine, the HPV vaccine, they're also helping to prevent that transfer to their partner, whether it be another man or another woman. So both men so. and women can get the vaccine. Interesting. I, I I literally had no idea. There might be like age limits on it though, because when I got the Gardasil vaccine, it was like only women between sixteen and twenty six that had been tested on. How did, how did you learn so, about this? Because I literally have I've never heard of a man getting a Gardasil shot before, right? So why was I never educated about this? It's a new thing. It is. Um. So like the men getting it, I think, has only happened within like the last maybe like two, three years. Don't okay. quote me on that, but it's it's a newer thing. It was only, it was first tested out in women as a way of preventing cervical cancer. So do you think that there's ever a point where it's too late to get that? Like for me, being single and potentially sexually active, is it something that I should go out and ask my physician to do for me? Um, I would definitely ask because I'm not as up to date on um, what age ranges the vaccine has been tested in and approved mm -hmm. in for men. Um, so I think that's something that like everyone should just kind of, everyone should ask about. 
Next time I go in for physical, I'll ask my doctor about that. That's I, I honestly <laughs> never even thought to ask. So that's a, something that's I'm learning at the, as we go yeah. on this podcast. Um, okay, Vanessa also wants to ask about birth control, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with different types of birth control. You can have the IUD, right, and then there's the pill, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Vanessa specifically wants to know more about uh, birth control, like seasonal, where you get your period four times a year instead of once a month, and how that might affect your body physically, and if it's a good thing, bad thing, um, and just kind of what your take is on it. Yeah. So. Honestly, like birth control is is different for every woman. Um, what one product might work really well for one woman doesn't work that well in another. It's kind of a whole trial and error process. Um, so there's the birth control pill. There's an IUD you can get. Um, there's a thing called the Depo shot. There's a Nuva ring. There's um, an, uh, an implant, a hormonal implant that can go in your arm. Um, and what Vanessa's talking about is essentially just taking um, the same dose of estrogen pill for three or four months consecutively and then breaking for a week, having a period, and then starting back up on it. Um, there's There's been a lot um, that it works for a lot of women. Um, and for some, it doesn't like me personally, like my body just rejects it. It doesn't, it'll, it'll fight through it. (laughs) Um, but it, it hasn't been shown, like you don't necessarily have to have your period every month to maintain like a healthy female cycle. So it just depends on if your body is going to accept the hormones or if your uterus is like, no, like. I'm going to just kind of keep doing my own thing. Right. But it, you're still protected from It's funny um, how it's funny how, how similar we all are, but at the end of the day like such such minor differences especially when it comes to your hormones can make with oh, you. Oh yeah. Um yeah. And so I guess your advice would then be just to make sure that you're taking the one that's appropriate for you. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. So so on that note oh, go ahead. And if you're taking something like the pill like in order for it to be like the ninety nine point nine percent effective, yeah. it has to be taken consistently at the same time of day. What about like if you miss a day or two? Can you double and triple up on that third or second or fourth day? Ooh, I mean, like if you miss a day, like you can double up, but like don't sit there and be like, "Oh, I haven't taken it for three days. I'm gonna like take four of them real quick." Take three of, yeah, don't 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 do that. Yeah, that could be bad. Well, so on that note, similar topic in regards to uh, Plan B or like the morning after pill. That yes. that can pretty drastically alter your hormones in a a much shorter amount of time, right? Is there? Yes. And that's kind of like a last ditch resort. Obviously, that's why they call it plan B. You don't recommend it, but in a a pinch, it it comes in handy. Is there ever a point where you can like have taken it too many times? What is what's kind of your expert opinion on the plan B situation? So plan B really is for emergencies only, um, as it suggests. Yeah. Uh, There are a lot of women who will just you know that's their birth control they'll just go and they'll take it um every time that they have sex and that's that's not good for your body um i i mean like at that point like just go take care of yourself invest in a form of birth control that works best for you like don't like i wouldn't i wouldn't try and use like plan b like every month is your Right, right. But I guess, the, I guess the question is like, let's say, let's say you're consistently sexually active, right? So you're on birth control, but I'm, I, right. I know that a lot of girls, like, let's say you're, you're not consistently having sex with new people or even with a, with a significant other. And so you kind of get mm-hmm. off the pill and then every once in a while, like you might go out and do something right. And then you yeah. would have to take it in that instance. But let's say like that happens, you know, once a year for five years, is it okay to take the 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 morning after pill those five separate times? And like, how, does that affect your body body long term, or is it just like for those? I mean, if you're taking it once a year every five years, like, no, that's not okay. going to do anything to you. Yeah. But just don't use it as uh, like your common everyday birth right. control. That sounds sounds expensive right. too. It's like fifty bucks. What well, it is? It's like fifty bucks, even yeah. for the generic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know who would ever want to do that, but. Um, okay, we have a couple other questions that our uh, e our listeners emailed into us that okay. you could definitely help talk about. But first, we're going to take a quick break. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So actually, weirdly enough, in our last like two or three episodes, we've had a lot of herpes talk. Okay. Um, and it's always a touchy subject because herpes is one of those that it's less treatable than the others, right? Yeah. So once you have herpes, you have it. Um, it is not curable, and it's also something that can be spread from, like, it can really affect your sexual reproduction. How would it affect your reproductive re- reproduction system? Reproductive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's one of those things that, like, moms can transfer to um, their baby. Well, I know that there's a, the, the most common form is oral herpes, right, where it's transferred through, like, mothers kissing their children. Um, and then so children contract it at like a young age and then go through their life thinking they've never had it when in reality they do. Is that right? No. Um, like you aren't going to get that just from like kissing people. Uh-huh. Um, well, I mean, I take that back. HSV1 you can get um, that's like oral herpes, like your cold sores and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you can also have the genital version of HSV1 right. too. From like oral sex. Do those so, do those vary in severity from one to the next? You'd have to. I'm not as up to date on that. Like yeah. you'd probably have to ask like one of the docs on that. Well, let's okay. So this is a specific example. Then this person okay. has a question for you. It's less medical. Well, it's medical, but it's also kind of I guess in a way philosophical. Where she says, "About eight years ago, I contracted herpes from my long-term boyfriend. He was diagnosed the day before I was." I felt like my whole life was over at 25. Eight years later, I've only dated one person. I've made myself accept that I'm okay being alone. She wants to know, how would you recommend bringing up the topic and how long into dating would you recommend it be brought up? And that's something that we've talked about on the podcast as well. Like, how many dates do you go on before you bring something like this up? Uh, and what words of advice would you have for someone that might be dealing with that? Um, honestly, I mean, like, I would want to know right off the bat before anything got um sexual yeah yeah um but i think um i would i wouldn't want anyone to feel like they're like resigned to being alone mm-hmm. because of that um there are a lot of counseling services 
for um, people that have been diagnosed with herpes and how to like kind of navigate the dating world, how to have those conversations. Um, So my advice would be to try and find like a support group and, and try and find some, some guidance that way, because I, I can't really speak to that, you know, like I would, I would want to know right off the bat, but that would, I mean, I can, I can empathize with how isolating that, that would feel. Oh yeah. And that's, that's kind of the thing too, um, is it's hard to put yourself in those shoes because obviously it's something that, that if you haven't had to deal with it, then then how do you, um, we have, we have another one from anonymous. She says, is oral sex sanitary? I don't like participating unless I'm literally freshly showered, but in in talking with others, they don't think it's a big deal for them. So what do the experts say about oral sex? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you should probably always try and maintain <laughs> cleanliness in um, in your genitals. I mean, that I mean, no one. Sure. I mean, that's just like a pleasure that no one wants to go down on on you if you're like filthy. Like keep yourself clean. Um, but there are things like dental dams or like even plastic wrap in a pinch. Like if you want to engage in in any sort of like oral sex. So, do you think oral sex is more intimate than uh, genital sex? Is that the right phrase? Ooh, it depends sex? on the person. I think it is. You think it's more intimate? Anything you put your mouth on is more intimate. Because I do know a lot of people that will not go down on someone unless they know them a lot more. But they'll, you know, they'll obviously like engage in regular sex m- much more yeah. liberally than they would by going down on them. Which I always thought, thought oh. kind of interesting, and I mean, I think I kind of practice the same thing without really being as conscious to it. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Danielle? I'm curious. I don't know. I'm, I, I love it all. So (laughs) (laughs) you don't discriminate. No, I don't discriminate. I do. It feels good. But I guess on a um, basis of like, what's more intimate, I think it's, yeah, well, no, I, I find both to be very extremely intimate. So I agree, but think about it this way. Let's put, let's paint a picture. You go on a date. Okay. It's going really well. You've had a couple drinks. You guys are getting along well. He's making you laugh. You're making him smile. Eventually, you get back to one of your apartments, and you know clothes start to come off. And this is, again, yeah. you don't know this person very well. In my opinion, I think you're much more quickly to have sex with that person than to go down on them. You know what I mean? In my experience as well. Yeah. I think in practice, that's just kind of how I've always seen it. Well, I also think that sex is mutually pleasurable. Uh, Oral sex is more pleasurable for one party while it might be a little bit more of a, not a chore. I don't want to put chore on there, (laughs) but obviously it's an act for one person. And then we're not, and we're not in high school anymore. So we're not 69ing, right? Like when's the last time you 69 with someone? I'm you curious. 69 I mean... one, you 69 someone in high school? I had a girlfriend, yeah. You had a far different high school experience than I, I did. I was not comfortable enough in high school to 69. You what? You tried to 69? No. No, like in in high school no, I was I was too scared. I was not as like yeah. Isn't that more of an adult move? I think that just yeah. as a curious 17-year-old you're like, "What can we do now? Let's 69." How much I, sex did you have in high okay. school? What what can we do now? <laughs> like it's bored. <laughs> you're already bored of sex you're by just junior ex- year. You're exploring things. You're like curious and you're doing things. I was a very sexually active 17 year old with my girlfriend, but we were like, oh, like that was cool. What can we do that's even cooler? And I will say, I, I will say that since being 17 years old, I've 69 exactly zero times. So I'm just saying, you're really? right. Jared's point. It's very. Uh, it's one-sided oral sex, right? Like one person is getting pleasure unless the other person gets pleasure from giving pleasure, which isn't uncommon. No, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, so Danielle, when's the last time you 69? I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to tell. By the way, I'm using that for the swipe up this week on the podcast. <laughs> swipe up to find out when last time Danielle's <laughs> 69 someone. Um, but also for that particular email or anonymous about oral sex, we, I, you can still contract an STI from oral sex, correct? Yes, you absolutely can. Because I think a lot of people have a misconception about but that. But is it is it less or all? Can you get any STD from oral or is it just a select few? I mean, it's pretty much still um, any sort of sexual contact. You can get 
um, you can get anything. Really? Yeah. I guess because it's the mucous membranes, right? That. Hmm. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. a, word I, a word I learned in high school. Pretty proud. For yeah, that mucous one. membrane. Yeah. And so, okay, let's compare mucous membranes on the inside of your mouth to the inside of your genitals for a woman, right? Like, are they, okay. obviously their, their, their molecular makeup is different, but the way that they can mm -hmm. absorb these types of STIs is the same. Well, there's so much, um, there's so much blood flow. Okay. So it's so highly vascularized. And, that's, and why that... so, that's why it's so sensitive, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And, but... I don't know. I have I have a lot of questions that I don't even know how to ask because I don't know how to like verbalize them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, so that makes sense. So so you can get just about any STD through oral that you can through genital contact as well. Good to know. Yep. I, I didn't know that. I honestly had no idea. So I'm 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 learning a bunch. Um, yeah. uh, we have also a, we have a lot more emails, but this one's from Renee, uh, and it says, "Why do some people, guys and girls, get offended when you ask them to take an STD, in this case STI, screening before becoming intimate?" Danielle, what are your thoughts about that? I think everyone freaking should. I like. I feel like so much of the responsibility is put on women to prevent pregnancy, to prevent STIs, and it's like. You're basically, it's your own personal health that's at risk. And if you are not man enough to respect um, yourself or the fact that you might get someone else sick, you should not be having sex. Hmm. Like, I don't, I mean, like, I wouldn't be offended at that. I would be like, okay, yeah, I, like, respect my, my sexual health. I respect your sexual health. Like, just, it should be part of every time you go to the doctor, be like, yeah. I want to have a screening, like make sure I'm good to go. Yeah. I think Renee probably has encountered people who have big egos and question yeah. why anybody would think that they have an STI as if it's, uh, you know, a negative thing. Uh, and then secondly, so common, they're so common. Well, that's what and I was like, going to say. People have them and don't know that they have them. Yeah. I'm curious if she's also encountered people who might think they have one and are just in denial because uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people who might think they have some tor some sort of STI uh, just mm -hmm. won't get checked because they're too scared of what the results might show. Yeah. But in that case, it's like you're at risk of making someone else sick, even if you aren't sure if you're sick. Oh, totally. Whoever does that is a horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you should, yeah. you should find out for the sake of not just yourself, uh, which you should find out for yourself for your own health purposes, yeah. but also for other people that you might become intimate with because there's a possibility yeah. of you transferring it. Let's talk Let's talk about UTIs for a second. Okay. Because UTIs are much more common, right? Very common, so, yeah. So what exactly is a UTI? So a UTI is a urinary tract infection. So um, any sort of, and they're very common. They're more common for women because our, uh, urethral tract is so much smaller. It's shorter than men. Mm -hmm. So men, you have like the entire length of your penis. Women have, it's maybe <laughs> just like, maybe like an inch. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like it's only about an inch. Okay. Um, Jared's a toddler, apparently. Just... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I have the sense of humor of a five-year-old. It's so pathetic. No, it's fine. I do too. So it's kind of, it's, it's hard to have like <laughs> sexual conversation right now. Um, but so UTIs are caused by any sort of bacteria that like your normal skin bacteria, everyone has bacteria on their skin that just kind of live there. But when you're having sex, like it's someone else's, um, natural body bacteria that get like pushed up and like smudged around, you know, with yours. Yeah. So for women, it's very common. It's, it's, again, it's a shorter pathway into, um, their bladder urethra and it's just a bacterial infection so like utis are treated with antibiotics um and if you're into like more natural treatments there's a you can do like oregano instead of <laughs> and like cranberry so, juice yeah. is a big one too right yeah yeah but like straight up cranberry juice and so obviously well i guess it's not obvious but i've never experienced uti i would assume you've never experienced a uti either jared i have not oh, so they're awful what is the sensation is it just is it like a, a burning it like it's burning when you urinate, mm -hmm. and 
you can it can get as bad as like you just almost feel like you have the flu sometimes. Oh, like, so like your body is actually you get, reacting. So like you have body aches, you have a fever, um, and it just it hurts so much. It, it might feel like you can't like fully empty your bladder. Like you go to the bathroom and then you're like, I feel like I still have to pee, but like nothing, like I can't make anything come out. Yeah. And it can be very, very painful. So, so I would imagine a lot of people misdiagnose themselves for having an STD, but in reality, it's like a UTI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what would your advice be for that? I mean, obviously, it's always the advice could always be to it's, seek out a medical professional and have them diagnose you. But what? yeah, it's so it's so easy. And like, honestly, like the safest thing, like if you're not feeling well, if you are having symptoms that you might even have like the tiniest little inclination that it, it could be something more serious than a UTI. Like, just go to the doctor. There's so many. I mean, you have your wall. You have clinics at Walgreens. You have, um, you have Planned Parenthood. You have. I mean, you have walk-in clinics everywhere. Like, um, what's the just, what's the lifespan of a UTI typically? Well, I mean, I've had them before where I like didn't go in. I tried to like just do the whole cranberry juice thing and I got like really sick. Like it was, so if left untreated, they can go up into your bladder and if they are left in your bladder too long, then they can even travel up into your kidneys and cause an infection there. Jesus. Because it's a straight line from your urethra to your bladder to like your your kidneys. Hmm. So it's, you're always like in your best interest to go to a doctor. It's super easy. You pee in a cup. You, You pee in a cup basically for UTIs, for any STIs, um, and they'll, they'll run the test and they'll see what's going on, and then they can treat you there. Gotcha. I know women that pee after having sex to try yeah, to prevent really a, UTI, is, a UTI. Excuse me. Is that, mm-hmm. uh, is that true or is that a myth? No, that's true. Um, it, it might not like fully prevent it, but it's a really good practice because um, by urinating after sex, you are flushing your urethra out. So like you're helping to flush any of that bacteria that might have, um, come in, you're, you're just flushing it out. So would you, you would encourage women after oh, sex yeah. to do that? Yeah. After intercourse, it's always a good idea to go to the bathroom. Would you ever recommend, would you ever encourage a guy? Like I say, okay, let's say I had sex, right? And okay. obviously who knows? It's probably never going to happen again, but you never know. Let's say that I have sex with someone. Well, you were very active at 17. <laughs> I had a girlfriend. Come hey, on. He was already bored I looking for new things. <laughs> Let's try 69. We <laughs> were exploring each other's bodies as horny no, teenagers very, do. It's very healthy as long as you're doing it safely. We were. We were. But so, okay, let's say let's say I find a new partner. And after yeah. sex, she doesn't seem to be going to the bathroom. Do you think it would be appropriate for me to encourage her and be like, hey, or maybe like have a conversation be like, hey, like, don't you think you should go use the restroom? Or is yeah. that like, is that overstepping a boundary for me? Do you think? Um, you know, I don't know. I've never had a guy be like, hey, you should probably go pee. <laughs> That's kind of weird <laughs> to say, right? I don't think so. Um, I think I think it it could be, but it's also I think that's part of conversation that I feel like needs to happen. Uh-huh. I think it. I think there needs to be more open open conversation about you know, sexual health and understanding of, you know, I mean, I would feel, actually, no, I'd be like, no, I appreciate that. Like, yeah. Why, why would that be overstepping like, boundaries? I don't know. Cause I, would, yeah. I guess it would just be me working under the assumption that I know more about their body than they do, which obviously isn't the case. No, but you're just trying to help. Yeah. I mean, it hearts in the right yeah. place. I suppose. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah, I guess you're absolutely right. So I guess on that note, sort of, sort of on that note, we have a, an email from Kylie who says, is it valid to break up or stop pursuing someone just because they have STDs? Because she thinks that we have seemed to demonize STDs and sexual talk in our society. So do you think that kind of expert opinion aside, just maybe more your personal opinion, um, do you think it's valid to break up or stop pursuing someone just because they have STDs? Um, Man, that's a super personal thing. Uh, Again, that kind of doubles back to, you know, um, the other woman who wrote in feeling like very isolated because she has herpes. Things like chlamydia and syphilis, trichomonas, gonorrhea, those are like the four main STDs mm-hmm. that are STIs that are all treatable. Mm-hmm. Like you can go, you can take antibiotics for them. 
um, and you don't have them anymore. Right. Uh, but things like HIV, HSV, um, hepatitis, you know, things like that aren't treatable, but there are things like antiretrovirals that you can go on that kind of subdue the virus a little bit mm-hmm. um, that makes you not as prone to, to li- like transfer them. So Kind of like that, uh, that Gardasil shot, right? Yeah, so it, 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 well, Gardasil is a vaccine. So okay. that just, you know, um, that works differently than anti, like the retrovirals or antivirals and stuff. Um, but it all comes down to what you're comfortable with as far as safe sex practices. So, yeah, I agree. It, it's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, like, if, if you really care about this person, you see like a future with this person, then like, you both go to counseling, figuring figure out like what's the best way, what's like safest, healthiest way to um, not contract a disease from each other. Right. Or I mean, if that's not comfortable for you, and then you don't have to be with someone just because you might feel bad about leaving. Like, if you don't want to be with someone, don't be with them. Yeah, of course. But, it's a- it's on an individual basis. I think this is kind of yeah. a gray area that's really difficult to answer, and it goes back to our first email by Anonymous, which is when do you bring up the herpes talk? We were talking yeah. a little bit about it last week because I think while you want to tell them early on, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know if you would mention it on the first date. I, I don't know what the correct answer is. I agree that the most obvious correct answer is before Anything intimate happens, you need yeah. to tell that person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We get kind of uh, as many negatives that can come from the Bachelor franchise. There are many positives as well. Dating within the franchise is easier because you're you're everyone's been tested before going mm-hmm. on the show. So it's like, oh, okay, I know I don't have to worry about this being an issue. Not that you normally would worry about that in regular dating anyways, but you just can rest much easier knowing that it's essentially a non-issue because everyone that's on the show at that point has been tested and cleared and yeah. is good to go. Um, I wonder if they've been cleared. I guess they've been cleared, yeah. Who's they? Anybody who's been on the show tested. Well, you have to... Or well, could they, I mean, they have to be given medication is. to to uh, suppress it at least, right? I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. Well, you get tested before going on the show. Yes, yes, yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm, that's what I'm saying. So but you, I mean, if you're if you continue to have like sexual partners before you go on the show, true. Then typically there's like a month or two. Weird, you know, unless you're using um, like condoms and 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 like things like spermicide or something like that to prevent pregnancies and prevent transfer of STDs. Well, we actually we had an email from. Dean, Dean, is this you or is this a, a listener named Dean? Oh, that's cool. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then it, we have a listener named Dean, which is fantastic. What's up, my fellow Dean? Dean, thank that's you for awesome. the email. <laughs> I'm pumped. Uh, but it, it asks, do condoms stop all forms of herpes? And I would ask as well, do condoms stop all forms of STIs? Danielle. Um, condoms aren't... 100, condoms aren't 100% effective, but they are the most effective barrier that we have right now to prevent STIs. What about like doubling up? On a condom? Yeah, what if I wear two condoms? No, I mean, you're, no, I don't think you need to double up on condoms. I mean, you would have to, unless you're talking about using, you know what, I don't know if you could use a female condom and and a male male condom. condom. I don't know if that's like. What if the female wears two and I wear two as a man, just to be so supremely safe? No, I've actually. Did you even get two condoms on? Is that like, like I feel like they would get stuck. I got a lot of wiggle room down there, Danielle. You'd yeah. be surprised <laughs> about what I could One regular size and then one magnum. Put it right over the top. Um, I will say I've never personally okay. done that, but I've heard uh, some horror stories of doubling up can actually add to a lot more friction between Ooh. the latexes, yeah. and it's not good. No, I would imagine. Yeah, Easton, I mean that doesn't sound comfortable. Easton is I mean, nodding his head a lot in agreement. Of extra lube. But I will say a lot of extra lube helps with condoms to prevent tearing. Yeah, that's that's smart. Yeah, get lube and condoms. Easton was yeah. going to say something profound, but he decided to bow out. Um, Abby has a question. How many times, and again, I know it's kind of weird because we kind of go from like expert uh, medical opinion to like your own personal opinion, but Abby wants to know how many times a month or a year should she be getting tested, in your opinion? 
Okay, in my opinion, I would get tested with um, each new partner. With each new partner. Oh, yeah. I think that's yeah. very fair. So, Dean, mm -hmm. how many times a year would you say you should be getting tested? <laughs> wow. That's a very personal <laughs> question. I will say I, no. I get tested on average twice a year. Yeah, I think that's a good number. Yeah. <laughs> you said what? I said before every show. <laughs> Before, okay, uh, rude. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't think I had to get tested before Paradise last two years ago because I was so yeah, fresh on those. They so. don't, they don't test if it's within like the same year. No, I got tested twice. Really? I got tested for the Bachelorette, oh. and then I got tested for Paradise. Maybe they thought you were being sexually active. I didn't, definitely didn't get tested. I don't even think I got tested for Winter Games. No, maybe I did because I got like, vaccinations for India as well at the same time. Um, we have another anonymous emailer. She says hi, hello. Hi. I'm a yeah, I'm a virgin, but I messed around. Can you get an STD for messing around? And I think this goes back to what we talked about earlier. Is the answer is yes, mm -hmm. surely. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you can get STIs through um, oral sex. Right. Sorry, I guess I should have read that one fully before asking it. No, uh, but it makes sense. Is there other like? Well, so uh, well, I mean, there's kissing, obviously. So I guess kind of on that topic mm -hmm. as well. April wants to know: Is the only way you can get an STI for? from sexual contact or can you get it from other things? She said she's heard a rumor about toilet seats and wants to know if that's true. Okay, listen, if you're worried about getting an STI on a toilet seat, like someone would have had to like just have come on that toilet seat, not wiped it up, and you would have to like grind your vagina on a toilet seat to get herpes or any sort of STD. I mean, is that. anybody else imagining that scenario right now in their head? <laughs> Am I the only one? Isn't it true that uh, that sperm, once it's ejaculated from the penis, it basically loses all of its like reproductive value and its uh, disease carrying ability, like almost within like five seconds? Or am I making that up? I don't think it's five seconds, but it definitely has a short lifespan right. outside of the body. <clears throat> do you know the origins of of sexually transmitted infections and diseases? Like, how did this? How do these become things? Obviously, like years and years, like millions of years ago, but but how 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 does it happen? Was it? I remember hearing something like someone a billion years ago had sex with an animal or something, yeah. and that's how it started. That's, that's what I've heard as well. A monkey, a monkey. You know what? I honestly don't know for sure, but like syphilis has been around forever. Syphilis has. Oh, I actually yeah. that reminds me. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of all over the place at the moment. You said <laughs> you said earlier that. Hepatitis is a sexually transmitted disease that's that's possible to, or that's possible to transmit sexually. Is that true, or did I miss here? Yeah, yeah. Hep, hep is, um, and that's um, another reason why they do the vaccine so early as um, kids too, um, because it helps prevent like some like four or like six million deaths throughout the um, wow. throughout the world by vaccinating um, kids and stuff early. Against things like Hep B. So most American children have been vaccinated for Hepatitis B, though. Correct. Yeah. And once you're vaccinated, are you basically less... immune to the disease, or is it just you're less, much less likely to get it? No, you won't. You you won't get um, a disease once you've been. Well, you shouldn't get a disease once you've been vaccinated against it. But I mean, there always are um, some like slight irregularities in each vaccine and each body's ability to um, fight it off. I mean, like perfect example is the flu vaccine. You know, they try and get as many sort of um, uh, ranges of the virus of right. into each one, but um, they can't account for every single strain of virus. I don't know what's funny. Out there. I don't think my parents were ever anti-vaxxers, uh, but I do know that when I was... When I was trying to enter fifth grade from elementary to middle school, I wasn't allowed to enter into my middle school because I had missed like seven of my vaccinations that I was supposed to get as a toddler. And I think I, I think in part it was due to our like we lived in, a, in an RV all around the, the country for a long, long time. And so maybe we just didn't have the means yeah. to do it. But I wasn't allowed to enter fifth grade until I got six vac vaccinations. Um, so I had to go to this this, this, this like I guess hospital and I had to get six of these vaccinations and they were the biggest freaking needles and they hurt so bad. And I wasn't technically a legal student of the Colorado school system until I got those vaccinations. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it was just one of those things where I was like, you don't realize how many things, especially 
um, in today's world, like the smallpox vaccinations, all these things that used to be such big epidemics, yeah. but now we're like obviously slowly eliminating, even though we're creating new diseases and types of cancers and stuff like that, which is, is horrible. Yeah. But... And then you have things like measles that's back. And I'm like, yeah, what the heck? I cringe. It's because of the whole anaxer movement. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys are going to probably get like some hate on that. That's but fine. It's we can be pro anti vax. Or I'm sorry, we could be pro vaccination, pro vax. But I'm Thank saying you. pro anti anti vaxxers. I guess is the point. Oh my God, people sit there and they're just like, well, it, it's it, there's formaldehyde in these vaccines, and they're putting formaldehyde in you. I'm like, your body naturally produces formaldehyde. There's okay. A, there's a big so, argument too that uh, vaccinate they vaccinations lead to higher rates of autism, right? Nope, it's been debunked. That debunked. man that put out that. Um, uh, study um, is he might even be in jail right now. Really? Uh, wow! It, he put it out for a specific purpose. Like it, it, there is no scientific fact like proving that at all. And I'm sure this hits. Sorry, I'm sure this hits really, really close to home for you as well. Being a neonatal nurse, you see it all yeah. the time. Well, not, I'm sure. I hopefully you don't see the, the anti-vaxxing all the time, but you work very closely with children who are um, obviously going through a lot of issues and, and dealing with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and then there's and I see a lot of babies that can't get certain vaccines yet because of their age who come in um, very sick and have passed away because they've been exposed to someone who decided not to vaccinate their kids. Right. Wasn't there, why am I blanking? There was news recently over the past few months or so about a particular vaccination that wasn't getting done and there were a few few fatalities mm. and there was this whole controversy about people not getting vaccinated. I can't remember exactly what it was from and obviously nobody else can because nobody's <laughs> speaking up about it. So forget I said anything. Are, are vaccinated okay. children at risk around non-vaccinated children? No, non-vaccinated children are, are at the risk. Ones at risk. Um, Wait, hold on. But let's let's say okay, so let's say I have some children and I vaccinate all of them, okay. and they're hanging around yeah. children who have not been vaccinated. Are my children at risk hanging around those non-vaccinated children, or is it just the ones that? It depends. Don't... It depends on how old they are because um, different vaccines are done at different ages. Yeah. Um. So there's, I think it's like different, like three, six, nine months. There's like a whole different range of vaccines. Um that you can get that are okay to, at, at that age. So if, um, if your child is not old enough to be vaccinated against something yet, and they're around someone who hasn't been vaccinated um, or has been, um, or like has been exposed to disease, like they're at risk of getting that. Hmm. Gotcha. So word of advice for our listeners out there, if you're having children, vaccinate your children, right? Just educate yourself on them. Like, read everything Education. on them. Me, obviously, yes, I want you to vaccinate your kids. I'd ra I'd rather, I mean, like, it's, the risk outweighs, the, the benefit outweighs the risk. Mm. Well, what's the risk? Uh, there's, there's very few cases where, like, some bodies have rejected um, the vaccine or they've gotten very, um, gone into like a autoimmune response. Um, but, and, and those, those types of things, um, do scare a lot of people from vaccinating their kids, but it's like a one in a million chance. And, and don't quote me on that statistic right, either, right, but right. it's very, very rare. Well, and the chance of that is much, uh, smaller than the chance of them getting another disease that they would have been vaccinated from had they gotten the vaccinations, right? That's what you're saying. It's like the risk, the benefits outweigh the risk in that sense because you're protecting yeah. them from so many other things. You have a higher risk of contracting um, one of these diseases than, than actually like dying or being dying from getting the vaccine itself. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, how well are you knowledgeable in vac vaccinations, Danielle? Because I want to ask... A lot of people get nervous when talking about vaccinating their, their kids or even themselves because they're nervous about putting whatever disease that they're supposed to be vaccinated against into their body. Is that true that each vaccination has a small amount? Like if you're getting vaccinated for, I don't know, the flu, they actually give a little part of the flu to you? Yeah, it's like a deactivated virus um, or it's like a weakened version of the virus. So your body... Um, build these like antibodies and stuff to it 
um, it would help them to like fight it off. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. It was really nice meeting you over the podcast. Uh, I really hope to meet you in person one day. We love you. And for our listeners, don't forget to check out Danielle's new podcast called The The Womad. Yeah, girl. Premiering June 3rd. Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, June June 3rd. Um, I will, I mean, I can only imagine you want me as a big, as a guest on that podcast, Jared and me both talk all about urinary <laughs> More <tracks>. Dean. <laughs> um, congratulations um, again. No, maybe, but. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations again. That's awesome. And obviously in your, your day to day as a neonatal work nurse over in Nashville, um, you're killing it and we are better people just being your friends and we appreciate you taking the time oh, to answer Dean. some of our questions. I love you big time. <laughs> love you big time. And I can't wait to see your face and talk to you again soon. Um, thanks again for taking the time, Dan. No problem. Happy to do it anytime. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Well, we are all just a tiny bit smarter after that conversation. That's what. That's when you know you're talking to good people, when you can leave a conversation and be a little bit smarter. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, okay, well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. Hopefully, you guys are a little bit smarter because Jared and I both are. I think we all are, right? The, that was very informative from the, Danielle. The nice thing... Uh, about relationships is just that you don't have to worry about this stuff. Yes, that is nice. It's no longer on the table. And I've had, have you ever had like a scare? I've had chlamydia before. I told you that. Oh, that's I right. In the past, yeah, had chlamydia. Don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, but <laughs> let's go chlamydia free. <laughs> um, 
it, but it's granted it's not something that I think people typically lose sleep over like you're not going to be like shaking in your bed I wonder if I'm ever going to contract an STD but it's just the peace of mind of I'm the only single person in this room. I None disagree. of you guys have had to worry about STIs in years. Right? Well, I disagree. I feel like a lot of people who had sex with a, a new partner immediately afterwards think, oh, shit, did I? Immediately after did, the fact. I'm thinking something more generally like, oh, what if I meet someone in three days and I want to sleep with them and they have an STI? Like, it's just not something that you I know. Typically. But um, I'm envious of you guys for not having to worry about that. I've like, never been tested my whole life. I was about to ask you, do you still get tested? No. You, I've never I, been Why tested. would you? I never even once have been tested ever. Really? Uh, really? Can I ask you a very personal question? Yeah. Is your wife the only woman that you've slept with? No, that's not. You can ask me that, and no, that is not the case. Okay. Can I ask another question? Sure. Have you ever uh, had unprotected sex? With... I don't yeah, know yeah, if you yeah, want sure. to answer that. I mean, this is a long time ago, so it just it wasn't something that we talked about very much. So oh. uh, it just didn't come up. I mean, truthfully, I probably should have been at some point. Okay. But I never was, and I never had any symptoms. Now, I never caught anything. What's so, the point now? And now it's been 22 years, so I'm pretty much home free. Yeah. You I hope. STD, I... STDs can lie dormant for 23 years. <laughs> is that yeah. right? Huh. Damn it. <laughs> I guess it's interesting because the mark we know now would have gotten tested immediately, but that's not the mark responsible, of 30 yeah. years ago or whenever... Yeah, right. Not that date yet. Mm-hmm. So if it's, it's <laughs> happening, what could I do? Ethan, as a married man, have you been tested at all? Yeah, we did that on our wedding night. Yeah, oh, no, no, we uh, uh, we did get heavy. when we uh, when we got engaged, we got we both got tested. You did, yeah, because um, it had been a couple of years for me. I'd been a man about town, you know. <laughs> I had sex with one other woman, I think, in that time. When you got engaged, you're probably, Wait, yeah. you guys were dating before. When that. we were when we got engaged, we were like. Because we were like, yeah, you know, now we're going to be married. We should probably. But you were sexually active before you were Oh, engaged. yeah, yeah. Very. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah. 69 no, and every night. But uh, I hadn't been tested in a couple years. And she, she, I don't think she had either. So we just wanted to make sure. And, uh, and it felt great to have that peace of mind. Yeah. It's like you knew. It was just, I knew, it, you but just wanted you... like a, a medical confirmation. You know, sometimes you hear those stories of like, oh yeah, I was at a urinal, then I and I nicked it, and then you know, and I and I, I got an STD from. You were the, talking you know? about the toilet seat. Yeah, thing. maybe you, someone was rubbing. Yeah, I went. Yeah, I went. Ryan in their vagina on that toilet seat. I went in a public pool. You know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I just wanted to make sure, and, and it was it was fine. I always had protected sex when I was a single man. Good for you. Wow, yeah. very good for you. Yeah. Never slept up once, huh? I, I, I wouldn't say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> and Jared, uh, as an engaged man, I would. You have no need to get tested. Not anymore. I got tested. Uh, I got tested before Ashley, though, just to like make sure. Oh, sure. Before we started uh, going down that road. Now, what happens if like some if just randomly like at a physical, you, one of you guys gets tested and you pop for like gonorrhea or something? <laughs> like what happens? Really, really uncomfortable. There's a lot of questions that come. A lot from of questions. Well, if you've ever watched Seinfeld, you know you can get gonorrhea from a tractor. The tractor story. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You never know. I know. It is as you get older, and you become more aware of these things. Like Easton even said, like a public pool. It's like, yeah, I guess that I guess that's possible. I remember and as a paranoid human being, there's always that doubt in my head. Back in like uh, 2008, there was this big epidemic in Aspen because uh, there's a lot of horses out there and there was horse herpes that was being spread, but it wasn't being spread via sex. It was an airborne herpes that only horses could contract. Could you imagine if herpes was an airborne oh, disease geez. for humans? Wow. That'd be, be terrified if it evolves to that one day. It honestly could. It could. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. Um, Hopefully, we can all suck at dating, but not suck at getting tested, practicing safe sex, and just being communicative with our sexual partners. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Big thank you to Danielle Maltby for being our expert medical advice giver. Be sure to check out her podcast, The Womed, coming out June 3rd. Uh, Be sure to tune in to next week's podcast. We're recording from Wango Tango this week this next week wango uh, tango from stds to wango i think that we're gonna suck a little bit less so just be sure to tune in then follow help by suck at dating with dean vanessa and jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts it's time to celebrate black history month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles.
With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share black lead products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black lead products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.